Hey there, OutlanderCast clan. This episode is brought to you by MinuteWithMary.com. If you have not yet joined my marvelous VIP group on Facebook, and if you are on Facebook, you know what you need to do is search the hashtag MinuteWithMary. Pause your podcast right now. Go to Facebook. Search hashtag MinuteWithMary. All the way from Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. Hello, hello, guys, Droughtlander, it continues. It's long, we know, but we're here to keep you company, and if you don't know me, hi, my name's Mary Larson. My name's Blake, and I know, like Mary just said, Droughtlander is super long. It's wicked long, man, it ain't gonna end. There's no official release date yet for season five of Outlander, but my best guess is going to be oh i would say may of 2020 that that's my best guess <gasps> maybe on my birthday oh my goodness oh that'd my be gosh great. that'd be so nice i don't even know what day of the week my birthday is on for those of you who don't know my birthday is may 5th cinco de mary <laughs> so but in the meantime i've been getting so excited by all the little behind the it's scenes on a tuesday stuff. Uh, I not gonna good. happen so consider maybe may 3rd Maybe. Maybe May 3rd. Um, I am getting excited by all the little behind-the-scenes photos, and whoever's doing like the PR for Outlander this year is doing an exceedingly better job than it was the previous year or the year before that. <laughs> I don't know who is doing it, but thank you. You deserve a raise. And it's it's not only coming from the official stars you know, uh, pages, but it's also coming from the actors as well. Like There's almost like this kind of... The, the moratorium, I guess, was kind of lifted, it feels like. We're getting more and more pictures from Sam Hewen. We're getting more and more stuff from Katrina Balfe. We're getting things from Matt Roberts or, you know, Meryl Davis also. Uh, you know, it's it's really churning out, and I'm kind of excited by that. And because of that, you know, we wanted to build off of our top five moments that we've been doing over the past couple of months. And today, since we did the top five Jamie moments last month, we are doing the top five Claire moments this month and Mary love it how you know <sighs> was this was this hard for you no no yeah I didn't <laughs> no. I didn't think so I didn't think so oh gosh because Claire's just so good yes. I mean it was difficult in the fact that there were so many good Claire moments mm-hmm. um actually there was a lot less of Claire in this season because of course Brie and Roger played such a huge role I mean we just sure. had less of Jamie and Claire but Dang, she brought it. She brought it. She was solid in this season. You know, before we get into the rest of the episode, I, I do have a question for you. Okay. And, and I think it's an important one, which it, it, it's this. You mentioned something about Brie and Roger and how there's been more of Brie and Roger. And within the community, you know, when we're in the Outlander Cast Clan gathering or we're at OutlanderCastClan.com, you know, I'm sensing tension from a lot of the people who engage in those communities. Uh, And I'm getting tension because I'm not sure if, 
you know, the show is ready to expose more Bree and Roger and less Jamie and Claire. Like, I'm not sure if, if the people are ready for it. I'm not sure if the show is ready for it. Are you happy to get more Bree and Roger in, in uh, not sacrifice, but just in lieu of Jamie and Claire? That is a very good question. Um, the next book, which they are going to try to tackle, is a long book. Yes. Um, there's a lot of other things inside this book that I think they can cut out aside from moments with Claire. So I think are going to be okay. Um, but I, you know, for those who are like Jamie and Claire purists, I. I don't know. I don't I don't know because I'm not in the show writers' minds, I'm not in their heads. But if I were to be there, I would be making sure that the moments that we do have with our most beloved couple mm-hmm. are fireworks and stellar and true to who they are as characters and where they are in their lives mm-hmm. right now. I mean, nothing is sunshine and moonbeams right now, honey. Okay? <laughs> We've got a revolution brewing. We've got babies. The babies that just keep on crying and causing difficulties in life. And we've got a lot of Scottish people coming on in that you're going to be, you got some stuff going on. Okay. (laughs) I think that Jamie and Claire, one of the reasons that I love this couple is they are a beautiful couple that we get to see grow together throughout time. Um, Not, you know, not like throughout time. (laughs) I'm not saying, you know, time traveling. I'm saying that we get to see them grow and go through the seasons of life together. Yeah. And I really um, am in awe of a great deal of their relationship. I mean, I know they're fiction, but let's be real. We all just want to be a flat. Well, no, I think it's always important to take, you know, um, uh, kind of cues and take inspiration from fictional characters and fictional relationships. I think, you know, I think so many people fell in love with the series as TV viewers and they fell in love specifically with like season one, which we had Scotland and we had young, like sex thirsty Claire and Jamie without many cares in the world, aside from, you know, the fact that they might die um, to now tons of other things on sure. their plates. So there's a whole big world, the whole new world shining, shimmering, splendid. And I hope that people can open up their hearts to loving on this whole family you know because i am suddenly finding myself in the camp of i fell in love with outlander because of jamie and claire and i and as much as you know roger and brie are nice little characters they're not little though that's the thing is they're not little characters and and that's what i'm saying i i consider them nice little characters I ain't there for Roger and Bree. I'm there for my girl Claire, and I'm there for my boy Jamie. You're gonna have a lot of them. Don't worry. Oh no, I'm sure that I am. But, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, it's one of those things that I think the the showrunners, you know, Matt Roberts and, and Tony Graffia, and, and even Meryl Davis, and and even the the writers that they're bringing in for the new season, they got to make a choice here, like they because they kind of tread that line a little bit in season four, and I think they have to make a choice. I don't think they can do the same thing that they did in season four. Um, because I think season four, people were really expecting to get more Jamie and Claire, and they got a lot of Roger and Bree. And for me, the the response was kind of tepid uh, for the Roger and Bree stuff. 
And I, I, I personally, I'm in the camp of the, the Jamie and Claire purists. I, I, I'm suddenly finding myself, and I, and I kind of just want more of them. But whatever, I think it's another conversation for another day. But it's something interesting. I think that we okay. should that we should all be discussing maybe uh, in later episodes. But before we get into the the actual purpose of this episode, which is the top five uh, Claire moments of season four, I do want to remind you that you can find Mary and I on on social media at Mary and Blake on Twitter and on Facebook. You can even check us out on Outlander Cast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you want to check out all of our podcasts and all of our blogs that we have, including uh, the brand new Rise Up podcast, one that's dedicated to Hamilton, you can do so. And you can also check out This Is Us Too, which is dedicated to This Is Us. The North Remembers, which is dedicated to Game of Thrones. Uh, we're even covering The Handmaid's Tale over there. We, we got a whole ton of stuff going on over at maryandblake.com. So just check it all out there. Again, once again, Mary and blake.com Marvin are you ready are you ready for this yes top five clam moments yes let's do it Well, let's start that over kick things <laughs> off for us Blake that a girl classy whoa, broad whoa Classy broad. All right, the top five moments uh, for Claire Fraser in season four. I guess apparently I'm starting it off, even though within the notes, it's it's you're you're the one who's supposed to start it. Sorry, no, you don't. Okay, uh, number five for me. Um, that moment when she's talking with Lord John, and oh man, that where where they're in the the cabin, and she's just. She's all business with him. She's like, I- I'm going to lay down the law here. Yep. You're going to know who's in charge. You're going to know who the woman is and uh, who Jamie really cares about and who really holds the key to his heart. I thought that that was just great. And then, but not only that, the fact that she kind of has to go alpha dog on Lord John, mm-hmm. but more importantly, sets that all aside to take care of Lord John and 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 passive aggressively go uh, alpha dog on him, uh, I I just I think that's great. And when he is trying to tell her um, that you know he's just I, I wish I could have done this and I could have had him and yada yada and even even Claire kind of relating to that with her with her relationship with Frank and how all that went down and how she can kind of see where he's coming from that moment for claire in season four was an honest moment it was a good character honest moment where not only did it enlighten the relationship between jamie and claire and it shows you how steadfast they are in their love of each other but Mm. really it enlightens the relationship between claire and lord john all the cards are on the table now (laughs) that's it that is that is the end the boy is mine. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my number five. What do you got? Um, Claire in her interactions with Marsali. Oh, okay. So, of course, for so much of Claire's life now in the past has been without Brie. I mean, Brie doesn't show up till <laughs> midway through the season, right? Yep. So I loved seeing these interactions. You know, we got to see bratty Marsali in season three. And, of course, we were able to understand a lot of her frustration against Claire. 
and how Claire then treated her as well, treated Marsley. But now Marsley's a mother. Marsley's a, a grown woman. She's integral in this family that they've now created here in the new world. And these moments that you get to see with Claire and, you know, talking about um, family of her own and being a, like a grandmother figure to Jermaine um, and helping Marsley. I don't, there were just these very tender moments where all you did is you wanted to substitute or have, you know, you, you wanted Brie there then. You mm-hmm. wanted Brie to be having, ha, able to have those moments and you could tell that that's what Claire was thinking is I'm not going to be able to have these moments with my daughter. Little did she know. Right. But, uh, you know, it's and she was just so tender to see this amazing dichotomy of these two women, very different ages, but who love their men fiercely, who are going to do whatever it takes. Um, I just think it was very nice because Claire doesn't have a lot of close friends mm-hmm. um, and she especially doesn't have any close girlfriends really i mean they all die pretty much uh, so it's just nice to be able to see her have another feminine friend mm-hmm. and to see that side of claire but also this matronly kind of side of claire that we don't get to see a lot i mean claire beheaded one of her good friends <laughs> yeah that's what i'm talking about <laughs> just 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 straight up cut her head off you know spoiler alert oh gayless <laughs> it's not a spoiler <laughs> oh yes so, well i mean whatever Number four. What Number do you four. Yeah, you, you do it. Claire in the storm with Otter Tooth. I mean, Claire is just like, ah, oh, hell no. I am not getting stuck in this storm. I'm going to find me some shelter. I'm going to do whatever it takes. And then she doesn't pee her pants when she sees a ghost. Okay? <laughs> I mean, I just love, granted, she probably, she probably did. I mean, they didn't really show us that part. But Claire, like... This is a strong war woman, you know what I mean, who has gone through so much, who, um, you know, has lived in the Highlands and gone on. <laughs> uh, traveled through time. Traveled through time. Tra- tra- Multiple been through times. War, like so many great things. And here she is, completely lost, uh, dealing with crazy elements, and yet she knows how to seek out shelter, and she is able to somewhat keep her cool when crazy stuff happens. Well done, Claire. Because for me, I think I would literally just have cried. I would have been like, I know what I would have been like. What would you? I would have been like Bella in the second movie of Twilight. Okay, what is that? New Moon. Uh, uh, It is New Moon. Yeah, you know when Edward breaks up with her and she just lays in the forest. Say it. Out loud. She lays in the forest in the fetal position and cries. Edward. Edward. That would have been me. I would have been like, it's raining. I don't know where I'm going and I'm hurt. You would have sat in that chair and the camera would have spun around I'm you. I'm tired. A- <laughs> I'm hungry. I just want a chicken pot pie. Like That would have been me. And Blake knows that I don't do well in rough elements. Here, quick aside for you. So Mary was reading the books. She was reading the Twilight books. And there was one day I came home from work and we were in our old apartment. We were new, we were dating. We were dating. And, we were newly dating. And well, we were newly but dating. Like, like for me to do this on you, yeah. this was a little this outlandish. Was, this was a little aggressive. This is when Blake was like, you're a nerd and you take books seriously. So she, I come home from work and she's sitting on the bed in the fetal position, much like Bella. And she's saying, don't ever leave me. Are you going to leave me? Are you going to leave me? Are you just going to like one day leave me? And I was like, what are you talking about? She's just sobbing in our bed. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Now, I hadn't read the books yet. 
And she's like, Edward leaves Bella. <laughs> just sobbing. And I was like, why? Why would you compare me to a shiny vampire? I'm never going to leave you. You're the most important thing to me in my life. What are you doing? And yeah, so Mary took that very seriously. That's why I feel like Mary would probably, yes. And that's why I look at Claire and I'm like, way to go. Way to freaking go, lady. Like, you've got this. Way to go. <laughs> All right, number four for me <laughs> is uh, Claire meeting George Washington. Here comes uh, the general. Oh, yes, that is absolutely, you know what? Here comes the general. George Washington. You're welcome. I cannot wait to bring that out over over the next uh, couple, couple of seasons. I'm so excited about it. <laughs> So Claire meeting George Washington was a great self-aware moment, I think, for us as viewers uh, and the writers. You know, I think they were in on the joke a little bit here with it. Um, Yeah. They understood that it's, you know, George Washington is this pretty fantastical myth and legend. It's not a myth. Well, I mean, the idea of George Washington is a myth. No, it's not. You know, it is. Uh, he he really existed, Blake. No, I know, but the again, <laughs> it's the idea of George Washington. He, he's the grandeur. He's the guy. He's the father of our country. He's, he, you know, beat the the world's largest navy and army, and and brought an empire to its knees. And this ragtag traitor who was no no better than a lieutenant colonel in the. In the British Army, it was a failure. Lost every battle until his forties. Like, but for us as Americans, he's turned into a godlike figure. He's he's the guy in the dollar bill. He's he's George friggin' Washington, and Claire is well aware of that mythos. She is well aware of his standing, yes. not only within American history but world history. I mean, really. It's a big Washington, deal. it's a big friggin' deal. And for her to be self-aware of that moment and to look at him before he's just a nobody. Yeah. I mean, before he's somebody and he's just a nobody. He's just a jag, you know, within the world at this at this moment. For her to be like, oh my God, that's George yeah. Washington. Yeah, man. Like, what? It, 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 again, it was an honest It was moment. all of us. We were all sitting there being like, no way. Yeah, right? Because it's like, not something that happens in the books, too. So we're all, all of us, show watchers, solo show watchers, or people who show watch and read the books, we're all like, what is going on? This is so cool. And if you wanted to argue with me about the fact that, like, okay, she meets George Washington, really, like, she just happens to be in the same theater as him at this given time, like, okay, you know, but I'll, what I'll also say to you is stats are for nerds. Okay, like you do that on your own time because it was a good, honest moment for a character that runs into someone who's extremely important to this time period, to American history. And it also has this uh, commentary on uh, someone who's from England and noticing George Mm -hmm. Washington and saying, wow, this like she's well aware of, of, of that kind of history. So I, uh, I really appreciated it. And, and for Jamie to, Look at George Washington, like, okay, who's this guy? And for her to like have like a geek out moment, yeah, to Jamie about Washington, explain to him what's going to happen. Like, you wish you could go back, and like, I wish I could go back and go to those people at like USC and say, that's like Steve Jobs. Like, you have no idea 
who Steve Jobs is right now. And yes, he walks around with no shoes and you think he's just this scruffy looking dude, but he's going to change the world. Mm. And I wish I could go back and be like, that's him. And you're, you're, you're just wasting your time. And she has this moment with Jamie. And I just, I find that fascinating. So that is my number four moment. Number three, what do you got, Mavin? <sighs> you ready for this? I mean, I know you're ready for it. I'm always ready for it's it. Like, this is a no-brainer. Reuniting with Murta. Yeah, that, like, uh, yeah. I mean, <sighs> nothing can quite beat Jamie reuniting with Murta. I mean, that's his godfather. This is like pretty much the father figure, best friend, like the best friend we all have wanted to have. Mm-hmm. But of course, Claire and Murta went on this amazing journey together. He also knows her truth. So to see someone who you oh, thought okay. yep. was dead, who was a dear friend of you, but also who you can be like, oh my God, you know I've traveled through time. Like, what an amazing deal. So I just feel like this was a beautiful moment. Uh, you know, of course, this season was so much about the family coming together, reunions. And of course, this aspect was different than the books. So for me, as a book reader who is a Murta fan, like I am a Murta fan. I am on the hashtag Save Murta campaign. I know that it is a controversial situation. Yes. But as someone who is on this side of the fence... Who loves me some Murtaugh. I don't even know what's going to happen, but I am ready for this ride. If Duncan LaCroix is here, I am down, okay? (laughs) And so is Claire. And I just think that her joy and how that was portrayed uh, was the joy that so many of us felt in our own hearts. You know, we talked about a couple of different changes here. uh, One being the Washington one and now obviously the one with with Murtaugh. And the question I have for you, Mary, before I get into my number three is... Yeah. Are you a fan of the changes that they made? Like, I know we just said that you were a fan of those changes, but in terms of the other changes as a book reader and as someone who enjoys the show Listen. for what it is, do you think that they helped broaden the, the scope for Claire? Listen, there is one thing that could have broadened Claire's scope that they did not include. What's that? One of the most sexy scenes of Outlander novels, period. Okay? okay, there was some hot river sex. Okay, that was supposed to take place on a rock in the moonlight, and I didn't get it. Didn't get it. And yes, I appreciate tubby time. Okay, but once I heard those grunts on repeat, I can't unhear it, guys. I can't. And then it say it plays again. I can't unhear it and I have to like watch that scene and just ignore the grunts because it's such a beautiful scene and yet I sit there and I say, where's my rock sex? (laughs) All right, all right, all right. So aside from missing out on one of my favorite sexual moments of the Outlander series, Uh seriously, okay, they have a lot of sex, guys. This is one I was really looking forward to. (laughs) River sex. (laughs) River rock sex. No, Blake, when you read it, you're uh-huh. going to be like, I get it. Okay. All right. I, I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Just some cool air. <laughs> Out in the breeze, man. Yeah. Oh, sign me up. Sign me up. It's primal. It is. Under the stars. And Diana does a very good job of writing it. And maybe that was the problem. They said, we can't touch this. Okay. It's yeah. like MC Hammer. Um, so... <laughs> 
<laughs> can't touch this. But aside from that, um, I am okay with a great deal of these changes that have been made yep. so far. So, there so you you're go. owning it. The show is the show, and it will be the show. Okay, they royally messed up Roger. Okay, and yeah. they're gonna f- have to fix it, and maybe that's why Droughtlanders take it so long because they're like, "How do we make you so likable that everyone's gonna love you?" Well, let me let me reframe the question a little bit. Okay, because I don't really know if I'm helping this. Well, let, 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 let's reframe the cr- question because we we know in here at Outlander Cast, you know, as listeners, we you know proliferate the idea that the show is the show and the book is the book, and it, they have to be. Um, analyzed independently they they are independent of each other i I think the show should take uh inspiration from the book and use it to the best of its ability but it shouldn't be solely it shouldn't solely adhere to the book having said that then with the show and the logic that the show has presented to you about claire and about jamie the changes that they have made do you think that the show has broadened uh has broadened the character within the show and it makes sense for the show like the way that they've done it i'm very confused (laughs) let's move on okay fair enough (laughs) (laughs) okay so so i enjoyed the reuniting with mota period uh, i don't even know where we were that that conversation went down a went down a path i got you boo all right number three uh my number three is the conversation with brie uh, when she was saying how all she wants is just she misses cheeseburgers, a big fat juicy cheeseburger. Who went out and got a cheeseburger that night? Probably uh, everybody. I know, right? They were like, well, guess what I can get? Guess what? We guess what we're gonna do? I can go anywhere. I can make my own cheeseburger. I can go to a nice restaurant and get a cheeseburger, or I can go to Wendy's. Here's get, a question. Here's a, here's yeah. a question: Wendy's or Five Guys? <sighs> Wendy's. Really? Yeah. I think I'm kind of with you on that. You want to know why? Why is that? Because I can go in my jammies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to get out of my car. You know what I still have not had, and we, we actually just got a new one right across the street from our house? What? Is a Sonic. I've never been to Sonic. Oh, and, okay. And like Sonic is a new thing to New England. Like we've been seeing commercials for it for like ages. Mm. Growing up, it was the worst, guys. When you would watch Saturday morning cartoons and it was like, Sonic, Sonic, and you're like, what is this? I don't know Sonic. What is this wizardry? <laughs> what do you mean? you just drive and people you're a wizard harry like what are you talking about sonny you just drive right up and they bring food to your window uh so i'm I'm looking forward to trying the sonic burger because they say that it's america's best drive-in and yeah well and like i refuse to believe that until i experience it myself perhaps maybe tomorrow we will go to sonic i don't know anyway (laughs) uh (laughs) the uh the cheeseburger conversation with brie and uh we're following a theme here uh for claire and that is it's another honest moment. It's one of those moments where you, if you found yourself back in time and with your daughter, with someone who who knew your time, you would absolutely be having those conversations. You would like if, if we were to go back in time right now, just both you and I, Mary. Yeah. And I and I were to say like I'm I miss like just having information at my fingertips. Like I just miss the idea that I could go to Google and say, you know, what who won the 19 you know, 72 basketball Olympics. Like I, I there were, that information would be there and I would be able to have that. Like okay. I I would miss that. And having that honest moment 
between the two where she says where, where she says cheeseburgers and and Bree says she misses Led Zeppelin. Um, a really good honest moment. Here's a Agreed. question for yeah. you: What would you miss about our time right now? What would be the thing that would like you'd be like, oh man, I need to have that instant access to music. Really? Yeah. Oh wow! I would say I thought you were going to say coffee. No, because <laughs> they had coffee back then. Yeah, but no, like instant coffee. Like no, you, like. I don't mean it's like not instant, instant coffee. It's cold brew, Blake. <laughs> no, I mean like you go to Dunkin' and just go grab a cup of coffee. I do enjoy that as well. Yeah. But not. no, I would not be able to survive without my music. And I can totally switch out coffee for tea and they had tea then too. <sighs> what? You love tea. I do love tea. I love you're like scowling and you're not even a coffee person. <laughs> I think I would miss Netflix too. Or, or streaming, streaming movies. I think I, I would miss that greatly. And I would, you know what? No, 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 no. Okay, can you like say something a little bit more poignant? And AC. Oh. AC. Down with that. Mm-hmm. Yep. You, you would miss AC. Oh, guys. I can't live without my Listen, AC. You think that I would be like Bella in a rainstorm? <laughs> you have not seen me in the heat. Okay, I cannot move further south than New England. No. I have told some people, oh, where was I? I was just performing on the 4th of July. Everyone else in my band, the American band, it's a real thing, guys. Go to theamericanband.org. It's the wind ensemble that I play in. It is the second most longstanding wind ensemble in America. Mm-hmm. We're kind of a big deal. Okay, so we're playing in the 4th of July celebration. It's hot. It's humid. It's sticky. Everyone's like, yeah, it's a little hot. I have two fans. <laughs> okay, I've got, a, I've got a fan that sticks into my iPhone. It's really, really nice and strongly powered. Then we've got another fan that a friend let me borrow from Toy Story 4 at Disney that sprays water. I've got both of them going on me. All I'm doing is whining, literally. <laughs> to, to like grown up people. I'm like, God, it's so hot. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand this. I need to move to Canada, but then I can't play in 4th of July celebrations. <laughs> oh my gosh. Make so it hot. End. Make it end. <laughs> Yeah, we like went to this hotel so I could change because I was so sweaty. And my friends were like, are you all right? Uh, it's miserable. I was not okay. <laughs> so I would agree with you, AC. Yeah, I told you. But yes, good, honest moment from Claire talking about how she misses Claire's cheeseburgers. so much classier than me. Way classier than you. Way Totally classier. Thanks, Blake. All right. All right. <laughs> Number Great two. Great timing for that bell, Blake. What do, you, what do you got for your number two? Cabin Claire. Okay. Okay. Stuff I can get down with. All right. First and foremost, sign me up for some of that cold living because girlfriend's knitting. Yeah. <laughs> you are such a dork. <laughs> okay. Let me tell you, this is not the real summertime in North Carolina, once again, North Carolina is more south than Rhode Island. These peeps are supposedly hanging out in North Carolina in the summer. Why is Claire knitting up a storm and wearing cowls? I don't even care. Sign me up for Cabin Claire, feeding Clarence, chilling on out. That's what I want. I want Claire all day. I want to be her biffle in some cool temps that don't actually exist. Well, it's North Carolina. They get cool temps. Okay, when? November. In the, in the winter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sure. This episode, this season, this whole season did not all take place in November. <laughs> Stats of the nerds. Come on. But let's be real. Claire? Claire's like, I'm living here with Jamie. Ian's gone. Bye, Ian. Bye, Ian. I'm just going to walk naked. <laughs> so just, hopefully, just hopefully there'll be a river somewhere that I can have sex nearby. 
<laughs> I got to fulfill Mary's wish. That's what I loved. I loved Cabin Claire. I loved with all of her dry herbs. I just loved the simple little house in the prairie time with Claire. Those are my happy moments in this season. Is there anything more freeing in this world than just walking around your house naked? I don't do that. You don't do it at all. Like, do you know how old our kids are? Well, I mean, prior to having kids or if your kids are out, you've never done that. You've never just walked around your apartment or your house naked. Real? Man, it's free. I've always had like a person here. I've always had roommates. No one's ever left the house and you just said, eh, screw it, I'm taking a walk. You know, I just don't really like, like, being being, out there. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I would much prefer a little shift. Uh Just a little something. You know what happens when I'm naked? What's that? People knock on my door. (laughs) No joke. (laughs) Happened yesterday, right? When that woman came to drop off a coat. That's true. I was walking around. Pulling down my britches, trying to go to the bathroom, and someone knocked on my door, and I just looked at Blake, and I said, "This ain't happening." You got this. <laughs> oh, all right, my okay. number two. My number two. Oh, TMI now that, people. Now that we're I'm a classy, so classy podcast here, number two for me. I'm sorry. Yeah, number two is uh, seeing Ottertooth in the visions that Claire has, and the way that he's almost kind of haunting her, and uh, the way. That he just kind of like appears when the lightning flashes and disappears when it's dark again. And like that whole thing, I really liked it because it is this kind of, um, pardon the pun, but like this kind of magical moment Mm -hmm. that harkens back to the the magic of Outlander. You know, the the whole idea of Outlander is that a woman travels through stones. There's this surreal thing happening. And in this world, surreal stuff should be happening to Claire because of that. She's part of uh, this existence now that has kind of like enlightened her in, 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 in many instances. And I like the fact that the show goes back to that a little bit. And mm-hmm. I wish it had done more of that. I wish the show had shown more of Otter Tooth. Uh, you know, just kind of there with Claire. Yeah. Just kind of just like haunting her. Even you know, even, you know, in if like in random spaces where she's walking and she turns around and she just happens to see him standing there. Like it would have been a great payoff at the end of the season where you finally understand who he is, what he is, what he was doing and why he was doing what he was doing. Probably would have thought it was a bear. Uh, yeah. And that would have been even better. (laughs) That would have been even better because you like, as a viewer, you wouldn't be quite sure, you know, like I remember in the leftovers, you, there were these moments in spoiler alert where you would see Patty and you'd be like, wait, what? And you weren't really 100% sure mm. that was Patty uh, when, you know, she was engaging with Kevin. So I really like that idea. Or uh, you remember uh, in Lost, remember the guy Dave that was haunting Hurley on the island? Yeah. That the bald Dave? Same thing. Like, th- it would have been really cool to, to see that. But um Again, and it was another thing that brought Outlander back to its roots. It brought us back to to the to the magical, you know, mystery of, of what Outlander can be, and the the mystery and the sci fi elements that the show really should embrace. And I loved, um, I loved that portion of of uh, season four. All right, before we get into the number one thing that would just drive you bonkers, Claire in season four, I do want to remind you that, uh, like in most years, we have been nominated. We have been nominated for Best TV in Film Podcast in the Podcast Awards. Thank you. And we've also been nominated in the People's Choice 
category as well. So you know what that means? If you were to take this and translate it to like the movies uh, or the television awards, it'd be like the Emmys, but for podcasts. And not only were we nominated for like what would be considered like best sci-fi or whatever in in in, in for the academy (laughs) award we were also nominated essentially for best picture uh we we were nominated for best podcast out of the whole entire world of podcasting but we haven't won it yet guys we have not yet won this is our third year uh in a row for being nominated for both tv and film and and the people's choice award and uh i really want to I really want to win this year. I, and it really depends on you guys. Uh, it depends on voting. Um, and it, it depends on some other stuff too, uh, which, you know, again, stats of the nerds. Uh, you don't need to get into all of it. But it, a large portion of it is dependent upon your vote. So please, please go out and uh, I will have the link for uh, you to vote on our show notes. Just go to uh, outlandercast.com and you'll see the episode here. Uh, for it or if you're on patreon uh, you'll see it on uh, patreon as well Uh, just click that link and it will ask you your name and your email and it will it'll ask for your vote Uh, and you just have to confirm your email so click on that link confirm your email and vote for us in the tv and film category as well as the people's choice category and let's get outlander the win you know, I mean, I, let's get the yes. win for Mary and I, but let's really get Outlander the win. I want more people who do not know about Outlander to be scrolling these podcast awards and be like, Outlander cast? What is this Outlander? And then they fall in love with this couple, too. And right. they just fall in love with the show and the music and the costumes and... Goodness gracious. You know, I and like, I, on. I, listen, we lost last year the People's Choice Award to the Fantasy Footballers. By the way, I am a subscriber of theirs. I really enjoy their show. I understand why we lost them because they're excellent. And if you ever get a chance, if you like Fantasy Football, go listen to them. They're, they're incredible. But we lost the TV and film category last year to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. And I'm like, what are we doing? How do we lose to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast? How does that ha- how does that even happen? It's not going to happen this year, man. I better not happen. So, uh, <laughs> we're counting on you guys to go ahead and vote for us. The voting for uh, the podcast awards and, and the two categories that we are nominated in it ends on July thirty first. So you have time. You have plenty of time to vote for us. But please do go get your vote in before January thirty first. Um, are you ready to get into the number one thing, Mary? You bet. Your number one thing. The number one thing that you loved. <sighs> From Claire in season four of Outlander. What do you got? When Brie talks with Claire, this is so Debbie Downer, guys, and this is why I had to be so lighthearted. When Brie tells Claire that she was raped. Ah, okay. And Claire's reaction to this. Now, mind you, like the reunion with Brie, flipping phenomenal. Uh, Gosh, the amount of, of heart emojis that I wish I could just fly at that piece on screen would mm-hmm. would blow you away but this moment i remember it took my breath away mm-hmm. katrina bell's uh, performance in this particular scene you know her reaction of shock and horror and love and heartbreak all at the same time and being there for brie 
Um, it was just a really beautiful moment for Claire. And as I said, another favorite moment of mine, of course, is how Claire has tried to be kind of this motherly figure for Marceline, has mm-hmm. really had this amazing relationship that while you're watching it, you're wishing could be with Brie. And now here she is, one of the first you know experiences she has back with her daughter is hearing this absolutely horrible event happen to her and Claire's reaction of being there and having Brie's trust um, was honestly, it, it, took my breath away Mm -hmm. and I'm it's tough because it isn't like yay this is such a happy thing like this tubby time is not number one it was this it was Claire as a compassionate mother absolutely absolutely Claire as a mother is a great facet of Outlander that we saw in season three and then we kind of got away from in season four a little bit, but then we got back to it and seeing her operate as that kind of figure for Brie Mm. is really special because there is this great relationship between the two. uh, And especially in light of what happens with Frank and knowing how Brie really cared for Frank and then she can transfer that care or, or discover an entirely new relationship with Claire as a result of that and the kind of respect that she has for her mother uh, because of all the travails that she's gone through. Uh, that It's a special relationship mm-hmm. and I like seeing it. Uh, for me, my number one uh, moment with Claire is absolutely, without a doubt, and there's, there's not even a question about it in my opinion, is Claire swallowing the rings uh, in the first episode of season four. That move and that entire scene was a spectacular scene on, on so many levels. I know that people, some people didn't like the whole America, the beautiful thing. I get it. Um, I thought it was a bold choice that that outlander took. I thought it was a bold choice that paid off. Mm-hmm. I thought it, it had a good commentary on what it was trying to say. And it set up the rest of the season to tell you the kind of story that it's going to tell. Mm-hmm. It's also set up the kind of antagonist that we're going to be having. And it shows you the the levels and the extent to which Claire will go to protect her family, protect the things that she cares about. And it shows you that she is ready to take on the world that she is finding herself in, in the mm-hmm. Americas. Uh, it's not a safe place. It's not a fun place. It's great that we have this moment where she looks out on, out on the ridge and, and sees, oh, you know, this is America and this is a, a, a place where hundreds of millions of people are going to come and be and live their lives and the American dream. But in the meantime, we still have to deal with the fact that we're still settling the, the American dream. The America that Claire is in today is not in the, in the America that she was in with Frank. And yep. it reminds us all of that. And 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 Claire swallowing those rings is it uh, is a great re- visual representation of that. Agreed. And you know whether or not you know you can argue whether or not they built up uh, or they they uh, cashed in or built on that moment uh, for the rest of season four, showing you how dangerous the world that Claire is in uh, really is. I think that's a good conversation to have. Uh, you know, because at, at, with with any first episode or any um, opening, you know, it's the responsibility of the writers and the directors to show you 
what you're going to be getting a taste of. Mm-hmm. It's to show you this is what's coming and get prepared for it. It's it's their it's their chance to give you the world that that you're entering. And I thought they did a great job giving us that world and yeah. and, and setting that tone. Whether or not they capitalized on that, I, I think is a is a fair question. Like, do you, do you think that they capitalized on that well, or do you think that they left a little bit to be desired? I don't really know. Yeah, it's a fair question. I'd I'd love to actually hear your guys' thoughts on this. Yeah. The, the listeners, I'd love for you to write in. But I'm I agree that that was a beautiful, riveting moment. Um, seeing it the way we got to see it in New York Comic Con with an entire theater oh, full yeah, of people, so cool. all of us gasping together. I, um, I think that that's why I love that moment even more. That was so cool. All right, Marvin, I think that's it. That's all we got. Those are our top five favorite Claire moments from season four. Do you guys have all the Claire feels right now? You know what we would love? If you can head on over to our Facebook page, and when you see this post about this episode, can you let us know what your favorite Claire moment was maybe you have three or five favorite Claire moments, but can you let us know your favorite? Absolutely, that'd be that'd be fantastic. Let us know either on our Facebook page. Uh, you can do it on Outlander Cast or Mary and Blake, or you can do it right at the Outlander Cast Clan Gathering and let us know what you think there. And uh, that's that's all I got, kiddo. That, yeah. That's the end. You ready to close this bad boy out? Yeah. All right. Uh, well, let me let me find my button. <laughs> oh, there it is. Here we go. <laughs> Droughtlander, we're going to be coming strong, filling up your earbuds, and this is a great time to head on over to OutlanderCast.com and check out the OutlanderCast blog, which of course is pumping out content consistently. If you would like, for example, to check out the newest ongoing feature, it's Assassinac Spotlight, where we have a new blogger on board, Lindley Key, who's going to be interviewing different members of the Outlander Cast clan gathering who really have different passions and interests in Outlander. So if you haven't yet, been over to outlandercast.com, clicked on the blog tab. I highly recommend you do it. It'll make your Monday mornings much less miserable as you're wishing <laughs> that you got to spend more time with our beloved Jamie and Claire. Head on over there. Let us know your thoughts. And also, you know, while you're spending some time with Jamie and Claire, you can spend more time with your other favorite couple on this planet. That is, of course, Mary and Blake. I mean, obviously. Let's just be honest. I mean, now that they've been able to picture me in the fetal position crying or, in the rain. Or naked walking in, in your house, oh, not gracious. answering the door. Goodness gracious. <laughs> That's my girl. Um, you can go to maryandblake.com and check us out there with all of our podcasts, including This Is Us Too, uh, our brand new Rise Up podcast uh, dedicated to Hamilton, uh, The North Remembers, which is dedicated to Game of Thrones. You can even check us out for the Leftovers podcast. You've been Gilmored uh, about Gilmore Girls. Girls, uh, or mi- even Minute with Mary, the podcast. It's it's all there right at maryandblake.com. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can just look us up on Facebook or Twitter and just simply search Mary and Blake. We are there. We are there ready to talk and chat and have fun with you uh, about not only Droughtlander, but all the things that we are covering during Droughtlander. We are here for your entertainment. That's right. Well, for now, my name's Mary Larson. My name's Blake. And you've been listening to Outlander Cast. <laughs>